All right, Jordan, hit us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back at it. It's uh, it's Brigham Young Money, and uh, it's Kyle here. I'm here with my boys. How are you guys doing? What up, Kyle? I am doing actually really good right now. It's just, uh, I don't know, I feel alive in a way I didn't feel like an hour ago, so we will explain later. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to walk us through his journey that he's been going through uh, this evening. But Greg, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right, boys. Uh, a bit of a rough one last week, um, but I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad yeah. to see both of your faces, even if it's via a Zoom call. Absolutely. Uh, feels like at least some sort of semblance of normalcy. Yeah, so it's been a little while since we recorded last. We had a um, we were going to planning on recording last Monday, um, and. The whole world, uh, personally, and just things are bad in general, but things got especially bad, um, both personally and just kind of in our smaller orbits of the media we consume as well. So uh, I know um, Greg's had some personal stuff as well. I had like family in the hospital last weekend um, or weekend ago from this last weekend. And um, on Monday morning... Um, Many, uh, many people who listen to this potentially um, might be aware of kind of the larger progressive or socialist media circles. But um, I was watching the majority report and listening to it last Monday and they abruptly ended the stream um, and it ended up ending because it turns out that Michael Brooks of the majority reports. Um, and the Michael Brooks show died suddenly. And it was just like um, utterly shocking. He was uh, only 30, 36, I believe, turning 37. Yeah, 36. Yeah. And he just died of a sudden blood clot. And that was it. And I just can't. Um, I promise this episode is not going to be super depressing because we're going to. I mean, in true Michael fashion, it's time to like make fun of the world and shit. But like, it's it's just like it's it's shocking. Yeah, I mean, I I was doing the same thing. I was watching the uh, <clears throat> the majority report. I saw the stream cut out, um, and Sam Cedar just say, "We got to go. We got to go. We got to check on things." Um, which left the pit in my stomach. And then there were um, a lot of very vague kind of ambiguous tweets going on um, by people in the leftist media and a lot of speculation. And then eventually the, uh, the tweet by the Michael Brooks show came out with the, uh, the line rest in power and the statement. And it kind of just on top of everything else, it kind of felt like at the time, like, like a, like a knockout blow. Um, like you're in the middle of a prize fight and the guy you're fighting just lands, uh, uh, 
right hook right to the jaw and you end up on the canvas that's really how it felt um michael brooks was an incredibly important member of this movement uh wildly brilliant incredibly compassionate uh just an absolutely beautiful soul beautiful man um and to lose someone like that is is really gut-wrenching especially at 36 years old yeah I mean, I know, like, we've talked about this a little bit, but, like, um, really, like, around, like, leading up to the 2016 election, 2015 and 2016, when I was getting into, like, the movement that Bernie Sanders was building, I, I found the majority report, I found Michael Brooks, and it completely, like, changed the way I viewed everything um and then obviously michael brooks started his own show tmbs michael brooks show over the last couple of years um and it had been really really incredible um just in the last year he had gone down to brazil to interview lula de silva after he was released from prison michael played a huge part in bringing attention to um his political imprisonment in brazil he had gotten to know and interviewed um, Cornell West, uh, Adolf Reed Jr. He had Noam Chomsky and uh, Slavoj Zizek on his show recently as well. Michael was really just like hitting his stride. Um, and like Greg said, couldn't echo those words more of just being an utterly compassionate um, human being and he uh i've heard so many people share so many messages um those especially those close to him um about how michael's humanism led him to socialism and not the other way around he didn't believe in a socialist utopia and it led him to start caring about people he had a deep empathy for all people and that led him to um socialist politics and i think that's certainly how the influence he had on me and the way he was just just had a very very keen sense of being able to cut through the bullshit and just speak so clearly about um about human needs and human-centered politics he was recently talking very clearly and had i think his last so his last episode on tmbs he was talking about how um, the need for ending hunger and his last time hosting the majority report, he had Milton Alamadi on um, talking about African politics and Caribbean politics, which is just so perfectly Michael Brooks sums him up super well. And he was just outrageously funny, like so entertaining to listen to on the majority report and his show, his impressions were just, just insanely good. And uh, we, in our, the Slack channel that we have, um, we were sharing some Michael Brooks impressions back and forth, some nation of Islam. Obama. The nation of Islam. Obama is <laughs> my favorite thing. It's, it's really one of those things where I can, I can just listen to anytime I'm having a bad mood. I'll just listen <laughs> to Michael Brooks and his Obama voice calling white people devils and <laughs> oh, instantly get cheered man. up. Yeah. He's yeah, he was, he was incredible. Um, the depraved, <laughs> depraved bernie sanders there was the bernie bro bill clinton which i had forgotten about that was a great one too <laughs> right wing um, mandela right wing mandela is a classic self-care mandela <laughs> I, I, I think um, i think that was the good thing about michael brooks is that he made leftist politics more accessible to a lot of people by just making it funny on top of everything else like totally i, I think that 
there is a lot of gatekeeping in, in, in left politics to begin with. And I think that he's one of the people that kind of breaks down a lot of those gates and he's going to be sorely missed by everyone in the movement. Totally. Um, just, I, I think it was that same episode with, uh, that I mentioned talking about ending hunger. The first half of his show, he had VJ Prashad on and they talked about that. And the second half he had, Stavros Halkius from Come Town on his show, which is was like the perfect, the perfect summation of the Michael duality and of man. It really is, but like in in that second half with with Stav, Stav and Michael were talking about the need for there to be a greater acceptance of just like dumb guy socialists. Like it shouldn't be the Republican Party that has the stronghold on on any on all the people who just don't give a shit about like reading or politics really but they just tend to be reactionary like that shouldn't be a monopoly that that the right has like you should be able to just be like a fucking course i think that people should have health care and housing like yeah i mean i don't i don't read books about it but that's a that's a fucking no-brainer like of course like that's exactly how it should be so stupid guy politics should absolutely absolutely Tor- I mean, turn towards humanism. Like that's what it should be. Listen, like I am all for feeding the hungry in the exact same vein that I think that you should be able to get your dick sucked in a Seven <laughs> Eleven parking lot. <laughs> like think of think of Barstool was like a socialist <laughs> podcast network. Oh like, man! And, but they were just about sports. Like things would be way better. Just Dave Portnoy just doing large videos of just like saying like, yeah, man, we get a free pizza and healthcare. Like, what up, man? That's fucking great. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, that should just be like the baseline assumption. Like, it, we don't, it doesn't have to be this super complicated Marxist theory reading thing to get into left politics. You should just, it's simple. Like, people deserve healthcare, housing, just, food. Just be a good person. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, it's like, so easy. Treat people equally. Yeah, you don't oh, have to man. be able to read, like, Capital Volume 2 to be able to, like, call yourself a leftist or anything like that, too. I'm a grad student. I can't get through Capital. I bought the yeah. animated version of it because I literally can't get through Capital. I gave up on that. It's like, super boring. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I think exactly. there needs to be more, more room for that. And I think Michael had a particular sense of being able to reach people like that because he made i mean he obviously did so many in-depth stories about like places and things i never would have thought about or learned about um but he was so good at synthesizing all that and making it so simple um and he talked very frequently in the last few months especially toward the end of the bernie campaign about like a labor movement and an actual, the need of a labor party in this country. And I always envisioned, envisioned him being part of that and being like, he would have been, I mean, so after his passing, we saw how many people were talking on Twitter about him and how many people Mm -hmm. he influenced. And it was so many people in the Bernie campaign. It was Lula de Silva. His official account was tweeting about Michael. Like clearly he had global reach and he, it was so, it was so early in his career. So it's just such a shame that we, lost him at this age when he had so much to give i uh i i tweeted this but like i had a a close friend who i introduced michael brooks um she lives in new york and she went to his live show his last live show that he did in brooklyn um and she knew how much uh michael meant to me and she um facetimed me and michael took the phone from her and was talking to me (laughs) <laughs> over FaceTime. That's really cool. Um, about cool. just like, you know, I was just telling him like, I was so thankful for him. I was proud to be like a patron. It was right after he had gotten back from Brazil. And I was just like, 
I was so like grateful and happy and stoked for him because I'm sure people have seen the pictures of Michael with him and Lula and he is just absolutely glowing. Um, and at that time, Michael was so excited for the future. Um, he was just, yeah. And the work he was doing, he was so proud of the work that he was doing. And it's just, it's just earth shattering and heartbreaking. That, that And speaking we, of the work he was him. doing, one of the things, um, <clears throat> I mean, we talked about having, a lot of gatekeepers in leftism. Um, leftism is also very sectionalized and very regionalized. And Michael Brooks um, is one of the real few people in leftism that really understood and, and was putting forth this valiant effort to internationalize, to globalize a leftist movement, realizing that it it's going to take more than just developed nations, that it's going to take more than just... Uh, Western Europe and the United States and, and really trying to build this thing out into a global movement. And if there's any sort of legacy outside of him just being this incredibly caring, incredibly funny person, it's that. It's the idea that that leftism and, and these principles that we hold so dear cannot be regionalized and they need to be globalized and it needs to be an international movement. Yeah. Yeah, he always talked about global and international solidarity. Um, and that's why he was so passionate about things I never would have learned from anyone else. Like there's no one else. There was no one else talking about Lula's imprisonment. There's mm -hmm. no one. He's who I learned about Thomas Sankara from. He was just so all of those videos are still there. And I encourage anyone that's listening to this to go back through the Michael Brooks archive, including the impressions and all of that. But also um, he has so much content of like international politics um there's so much good stuff his book was really good too it's really short and it's really easy to read i know we just talked about you don't have to read but this is a really digestible easy book to read um it's called um against the web uh i can't remember the full title against the web by michael brooks um a cosmopolitan answer to the new right that's what it's called yes. okay so go go look that up buy the book it's pretty cheap um it's it's worth the read it's worth that worth worth to have as well um any final thoughts on 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 brooksy rest in power to michael fucking brooks because what a Love force you, man. yep unironically r.i.p to a real one yeah truly um yeah i just for real uh can't can't really speak highly enough of him and his content and the influence he's had on me but nope. anyway um yeah, let's uh, let's Sorry, talk Greg. about something that would make Michael Brooks <laughs> laugh his ass off. <laughs> yes, let's please. So, let's talk briefly. Guys, I, I'm sorry, I, I have I, to leave the podcast for self care. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I know this is something we kind of brought up before, uh, talking about Wayfair and QAnon, because since we talked last, I there has been a a QAnon, I don't know, it's not a resurgence, but it's just, it's a, it's a surge of QAnon. It's sucked up all the other conspiracies and it's charging forward and it's bleeding into Utah. It's bleeding into a bunch of uh, Mormon people who I still follow on Instagram, who I like was friends with in high school, just like normie ass Mormon people that live in the <laughs> suburbs. And um, it's coming at a particularly interesting time. So we saw, we talked about the Wayfair thing. 
a lot of them are going back into the QAnon archives and are unearthing all the Pizzagate stuff, which, as a reminder, is the fact that there, according to QAnon, is a specific piece, uh, DC pizza shop called Comet Ping Pong that operates a child sex sacrifice ring uh, in the basement of this pizza shop. And this all culminated with someone with an AR-15 attempting to uh, tactically uh, <laughs> attack the owner. Free, free the children. He free was trying children. to tactically there, there, ascertain. A tactical insurgents. While also getting a meat lovers with extra yes. cheese. Oh my god! I so, set up a parameter around the meat lovers with the, <laughs> with the stuffed crust. Get your fucking hands off the salad bar, dude! It's so insane. So everyone got really into the Wayfair thing. They're going back into the Pizzagate stuff, and I'm seeing so much of this shared on Instagram. And it's particularly bad because it's shared on stories, and there's no one publicly refuting any of the information that they're putting out. Um, there's this one account in particular called Little Miss Patriot. And yes, I've seen no. so many people share her shit on their stories and it's insane. And so, um, and so people just keep sharing it via stories. So then people who are refuting this information are, re- are responding just to that person. And then no one really sees, um, what they're talking about. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's insane. So basically, um, I've seen, uh, like, I I think the reason this is taking such a strong hold in particular is because basically for months we had had floods of BLM support. I had seen, I don't know about you guys, but I'd seen so many like random normal people who I thought were pretty apolitical sharing pretty supportive stuff towards BLM, um, especially in the last couple months. And there was a flood of that everywhere. It's, and there's it's so the natural reaction. Oh, it totally yeah. is. And so, but there's this, the people who didn't want to share that stuff or whatever, probably felt very um, silenced. Like they couldn't say anything to go against the popular support. And now this child trafficking thing is such a safe space of wokeness that they can like, it's very performative. They can be like, no, I'm woke too. I care about shit. Um, but it's all through this QAnon funnel and it's so weird. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know how to, we can stop this other than like, cause I'm not, I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I don't know where this goes to, but like, it's getting more and more normalized. People on Fox news are like dropping QAnon. Like Jesse waters just said QAnon has done some great work around the deep States and stuff like that. Oh. Like it's so normalized now. Like I have no idea where this goes from here. And I don't understand how, um, this is reversed at any point because itself it proves itself like part of their defense is baked in that like any refutation or any any public um media uh like if they fact check or something like that they hate fact checkers but they say the media is in on it so definitionally the media can't correct any of them so i don't know it's it's scary (laughs) it's bad oh no it's uh, a it's kind of great though too but because one reason is None of these people fucking believe it. They, even, they they can say they believe it all they want to, but if they actually believe that there was like child sex rings at Wayfair, Comet Ping Pong, they'd be breaking down the doors and trying to do it. The one guy who went in with the AR-15 to try and liberate him, he was the only believer. Yeah, he like, was he was all in. I think the only yeah the like, only real one. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but the two principles of QAnon are that one: there's a global pedophile cabal. 
controlling the world and everything, which, yeah, probably. Which, but then the second one is that Donald Trump is the savior and he's secretly yes. arresting everyone. My like, favorite is all of like the lists of that people are unearthing on Twitter of like celebrities oh who are already dead. Apparently Dude, that's the thing is that these executions have already happened and we're getting a bunch of politicians and uh, celebrities with body doubles now, it, it or, or it's just like holograms, like of friends. Yeah, the, the entire, entire cast, cast of friends, friends other than Jennifer just, Aniston. It's just the same hologram that you saw Tupac at Coachella a couple of years yeah, ago. Obama was Dude. executed, and then his body doubles were executed too. We had to make sure. We're, we're sorry, folks, but we had I to know. make sure. R.I.P. Nation of Islam, Obama. Oh my God! It's in yes. Yeah, so Q got Obama's, him. Q got oh, him, dude. Fuck. The best one I saw. I think I saw Michelle Obama, and in parentheses it said like Mark. Like they think they're still <laughs> clinging to that conspiracy that oh, that Michelle Obama is like a, a trans woman. I think, which is just like a, just perfect that QAnon has embraced just, that. They've really uh, sucked up. So here's the thing. I just think that, it's crazy that Q got all the way to Kenya so they could kill Obama. Dude, that's honestly gotta respect it. International borders, um, <laughs> but Q knows like no truly, I think these things are honestly used to, ju- to discount the real stuff. Like the same thing with Alex Jones being right about some stuff early on is that like this shit goes nuts, and then next thing you know, you get Trevor Noah asking Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton how Hillary killed Epstein on The Daily Show, like. Well, when it a, can be written off so easily as all this crackpot shit, you get you get that type of thing. So, well, well that's the thing about like really far right reactionary stuff is they'll recognize that there's problem in places too. Like that's like the draw of fascism, but they'll just reassociate in directions that are against like the actual cause of it. Dude, I know. Um, and we. I think officially ratified our challenger for Ben McAdams this fall, which is Burgess Owens. Um, he, of course, CTE laden ex NFL player. Uh, I honestly, we like, we talked about how crazy he was back when he first won. Um, and it turns out, and I was thinking maybe this man is Q curious. Turns out he uh, is a little more than curious. He's been dabbling in it. He appeared on uh did he appear on some Q person show? I the can't remember. Common Sense Show. Yes, the Common Sense Show that's part of the Patriot Soapbox News Network. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. the, the PSNN. Yes. Yeah, Hell yes. Oh, so yeah, he, he, apparently he did. My near- favorite network is the Pissin Network. Yeah, so apparently he did this lengthy interview with apparently this QAnon show, and he also like retweeted like uh, uh, <laughs> some QAnon person said like Lauren Boebert is the who's like the Colorado candidate for Congress who's like straight up QAnon all all the way around. Is this the one that owns the restaurants? Yes, the rifle, like grill the shoot 'em up restaurants. Oh, oh my god, she fucking rules. She does. I I hope she wins just because like she'll just make all of our lives. Better. Okay. So, I mean, this fall, I, I, I do think Democrats are going to like, I think they're going to clean house, honestly, but I will say that for a lot of these competitive districts or ones, there's a Republican incumbent that lost to a Q person. We're going to have, we're going to have a, uh, a, a Q caucus for real. Like there's going to be at least five to 10, 15, maybe, at least all in Q people that I have no idea how this translates to like uh, real world type of stuff. It's going to be insane. 
Oh no, it's gonna it's gonna be absolutely insane too. Because then you're gonna have like people like Louis Gomer just be like, "Holy shit, these guys are crazy." Yeah, I know. I have no idea what's gonna happen. We're gonna um, get legislation like the Groiper Bill. Yeah, we're gonna we make absolutely. The, are. We're gonna make the National Seal just the Groper, the Groiper. <laughs> Please. Oh man, yeah. So very excited for that. We're gonna um, get a. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Oh, man. Censored, so, redacted parody. Oh, yes. well. So the world's pretty good right now. Um, sports are back. MLS has been back for a little while. RSL yeah. just got eliminated from the tournament tonight. So rest in peace. Yeah, um, just watch that. That was earlier this evening. Really fun. Having fun with that. Um, so MLS, their tournament actually went. It's still going, but it's gone. it's gone on pretty safely two teams were exiled um entirely but the rest of the tournament continued but again they did the bubble format um the utah jazz have been in the nba bubble also in orlando and the nba bubble has been um you know mostly successful we'll get into that in a second but um mlb or baseball um, our baseball league, they have been trying to do the actual, the traveling thing, right? Like that's the plan. Yep. Unless I have that. Yeah. Okay. There's no, there. there's no bubble there. Yeah. They're like doing the, we're going to every, we're traveling just as normal. Um, go we'll do it live. And it's going fucking great. Fuck it. <laughs> Jordan, tell us about how All it's right. Going. Well, this came down today too. Um, ESPN reported that, uh, well, it first came out that, uh, two players on the Marlins were diagnosed with COVID. So they're like, oh, no, we'll, we'll keep them like, we'll keep them under observation. Okay, but we can still go. And then it came out that like another six were also diagnosed with COVID along with two managers and everything. So isn't the, isn't the total up to like 14 now in that organization? Yep. Something like that? Like 12 to 14 people? Well, there's 30 yep. players. So if you have eight players that are diagnosed out of 30, you're on your way towards like just not having a good time. Hey they're, man, that's a great batting average. And they're not even up, like front <laughs> off. If you're hitting eight for thirty, that's that's good. That's really good. Uh, yeah, you're good above three hundred. Yeah, that but sucks. so <laughs> or actually no, never mind. It isn't it isn't above three hundred, but it's still pretty good. It's a it's a I solid mean, like, batting yeah. average. Like you're, you're you're gonna be in a starting rotation. You're like batting sixth. You're okay. But um so Forty percent of the Marlins are diagnosed with COVID. Uh, the Phillies had to cancel their game today too. So you have two teams already pretty much just like knocked out for a while just because of COVID, and no one really knows what to do about it because the only because there's no like medical professionals who can make any calls about whether the league should continue or stop or anything. It just leads directly to the commissioner of baseball, and I don't think he's going to stop it. So. Yeah, full speed ahead. Full speed ahead, dude. Damn the torpedo. As this whole country, dude, everyone has just completely given up. I, it's it's now just coming down to, as we mentioned a month and a half ago or whatever, every person for themselves. Like we still um, can't get a mask mandate statewide, and uh, which is just so infuriating because Spencer Cox and Governor Herbert keep tweeting out, "Look how effective masks have been in Salt Lake County." but completely disregarding that they're effective. But won't do their fucking jobs. <laughs> yeah, widely used because of the mandate. Like, it's just it's it's just so infuriating. So, um, and a, a lot of the debate has been, I can't remember if we recorded before or after that big Provo commissioner, county commission meeting or whatever, oh, where we basically 
Tanner Ainge had to deal with his uh, shitty constituents that he created and helped craft that basically were all protesting in person in a tiny room that was completely packed to the walls um, of people screaming about how they didn't want masks in schools, hey, let alone listen, going back in, to school at all. In, in Tanner's defense, that's the best defense an Ainge has played since hey. the 80s. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, it was really there good. It is. Yeah, it was really good to see like Danny Ainge's fail son just like be like the hero for the day because he's like, uh, this monster I helped create is really out of control. Dude, that's yeah, and it's thing. like, why the fuck is are that... you having this meeting in the first place, dummy? Yes. Why did they have that in person? And he was being super, super annoying back in like the beginning of the uh, shelter in place for Salt Lake because he refused to do anything like for Salt Lake County or excuse me, Utah County, and uh, was being just a little bitch boy on Twitter. So, so fucking mad I can't had... go outside and get my J-dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's back to being, he's back to dealing with uh, um, his own, con- the, the consequences of his own actions. So that, that was pretty exciting. But yeah, so basically schools, everything is apparently going full speed ahead, um, which is just great. And you know, with all the money in the world that these leagues have, they're still having all of these problems. I, I, our schools completely underfunded teachers don't get paid nearly enough. There's no like faculty and staff. Like I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm glad I don't have kids right now. Um, it going to like in K through 12, K through 12 is just, it's, it's going to be a shit show and I have no idea what's going to happen. And it makes me pretty sick, but Guys, we said we were going to keep this a funny one. So Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So, Qu- quickly moving on. All right. Quickly moving on to something funny. <laughs> Let's talk about Lou Williams. So, Dude, this is so funny. Okay. I, and it's obviously like... it's. I just want to go on record and say that Lou Williams fucking rules. Dude. So, okay. Lou Williams... <laughs> Like and just a, as a little, just as a little backstory to Lou Williams. Like Lou Williams sure. is one of my all-time favorite basketball players because his entire career is just predicated on getting buckets and playing in incredibly cool cities. Yeah, like he's played. He's played in Toronto. He's played in Philadelphia. He's played in L.A. That's where he is now. He's played in Houston. Like all very top tier North American cities and the, dude the Lakers just, or the Clippers now he's on the, he's on the Clippers. He used to play for the Lakers for yeah, a that's short right. amount of okay. time. So he's done a bit of bouncing around, but he's proven to be a pretty valuable uh, sixth man. He's won sixth man of the year uh, two, three times, something around there. So like, and, and last few years has put up a pretty all-star worthy campaign. Like he's a very good player who is just a walking bucket. Like he'll get you 20 points in a blink of an eye. So yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, so he also he also was uh, dating uh, a pair of women at a time who were dating each oh, other. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. So okay, there was so, like a big there was like a big uh, a thing on this on Twitter years ago when he was playing for Toronto and he went to a Blue Jays game in Toronto with his girlfriends. That's wow, awesome. Power move. <laughs> so he's the um, he's the ultimate sixth man. But do you know where he's a VIP at? Yay! <laughs> so okay, so Lou Williams was excused from the bubble to attend a funeral in Atlanta, and 
all of a sudden some images surfaced online of him inside of a strip club in Atlanta. Uh, Jack with, Harlow with Jack Harlow, Harlow, Jack the rapper, Harlow. Jack Harlow, the rapper tweeted something like, what up here with my boy Lou Williams in this strip club. And then he deletes it and then he posts again and he says, Sorry, guys, that was an old picture of Lou. Ah! Uh, old pic. But Lou, in the photo, God bless him, was wearing the mask they get. The NBA the mandated mask. Was wearing the NBA mask <laughs> in the strip club. And so, um, and then also the DJ who performed that night was like, shout out to Lou Williams for coming to my set. Yes. <laughs> Dude, just just incredible you, um but you know what i uh, I, I can't fault him i mean the the, the atlanta flu was going to happen regardless of if you're playing there or not as long as yeah. you stop and there's an nba player you're hitting magic city or you're hitting like the golden club you're hitting all those places come on but to, and to be fair like orlando atlanta magic Way better I magic assume. kingdom magic city Hey, there I it can't. Is. I can't really blame the guy. Listen, yeah, like, and shout out to Lou for wearing a mask. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna obviously pay pay the consequence. Got to, got to do a quarantine for a little while. But man, just he just couldn't help himself, and I got got to respect. It. I just imagine him like talking to his boys, and they're all telling him like, "No, man, you can't go to Magic City," and he's just like Jonah Hill's character and super bad, and he's like, "Listen, I will die for pussy." No questions Absolutely. asked. <laughs> Dude, please, Jordan, please put that clip in. <laughs> All right, you got it. I would get killed for pussy. No questions asked. Um, oh. Yeah, so that rules. That that was a fun NBA story. And the, the league starts up this week. I think Jazz, Jazz play the first game. I yep, think. They play on Thursday at 3.30. Uh, my beautiful boys sure my beautiful boys um, scrimmages have been going first one was pretty bad against the Suns but the last two have been pretty good yeah um, Donovan and, and Rudy look like they're not gonna shoot each other in the face so that's a plus Mike Conley uh, looks really good too I mean the, and Conley they're gonna need his head yeah yeah they he cut the dreads off it's like the reverse <laughs> Samson yeah but and now he's good again to play devil's advocate too, they were playing like the Nets G League team. It's that true. is true. The Nets but are so bad. The, the starters <laughs> did not play the second half. And also, I have no idea what this team does on defense without Rudy Gobert. Because wow, no, he is um, he's their whole defense, and they're super super small without Boyan Bogdanovich. It's not like Boyan's this yes. this huge intimidating figure or like this great rebounder. But he is six eight, six nine, and was in a lot of lineups the playing the power forward and the second biggest guy in the court. And now you're seeing lineups where Jordan Clarkson at six five and yeah. Royce O'Neal at maybe six five are playing the forward positions. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be weird. Fuck it. Let's get weird, guys. I'm here for it. it what absolutely let's get weird. So um Jazz started up, they're wearing uh or they've announced what they're going to be wearing on their jerseys for the game this Thursday. Um, well, we should re- re- rewind the tape back a little bit and, and sure. say that um, in the bubble, the NBA has announced in a way to kind of uh, <clears throat> prop up social justice and, and give players a bit of a voice because we all know the NBA is the good league. Wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Um, 
So they have allowed uh, sanctioned, uh, means-tested social yes. social A very justice specific list. Yes, social justice messages that players can wear on their wear on their uniforms like i can't breathe or say her name or black lives matter or can they even do i can't breathe i'm you know what i might i might need to might need I to check know if on they that. can do that one they might be able to but it's 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 but it's, it's in very, that vein. it's a handpicked list of like yes. very like it's like equality or ally or right uh stuff like that yeah, it's, it's a very like it's, HR focused list of yeah, stuff. It's very milk toast things to like make you like make like scared white people from Indiana and Utah not think every NBA player is Malcolm X. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they still think that anyway. Oh, they're still oh, going so, to. Whatever. But like what you were saying too, Greg, about like how the NBA is the better league. It's the same way that the Democratic Party is better than the Republican Party. Just look at their fucking yeah. competition. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly that. It's like yeah, so oh, who's better? So the, like, the NBA or the NFL? Yeah. Everyone had this list of name of, of of phrases or words that they could choose from. Um, and the Jazz announced what each player would be wearing. It became like a whole kind of like yeah. PR thing. I've got but, it. Um, I've got it pulled up. I can I can read it if you'd like. Sure, hit us. Yeah. So Jordan Clarkson is wearing peace on the back of his jersey. Uh, Nigel it. Nigel Williams Goss. Justice Now, Joe Ingalls, known Marxist, uh, Ally, <laughs> Justin Wright Foreman, Justice, Jarrell Brantley, my big, strong, beautiful boy, uh, Enough, Rajon Tucker, Justice, Mike Conley, I Am a Man, which is a cool little hat tip to the uh, to Memphis and the strike that went on in Memphis where I right. was born. Kind of a, kind of a cool little thing. Tony Bradley peace like Jordan Clarkson. Uh, same with Emmanuel Moutier peace. Uh, Juwan Morgan say their names. Ed Davis education reform. Uh, Royce O'Neill equality. Rudy Gobert equality. George Niang education reform donovan mitchell say her name which is also a really cool uh homage to brianna taylor um and the the ties to louisville and then mia oni Mm -hmm. is power to the people yeah so utah jazz had this graphic posted that on instagram (laughs) which i'm sure we all know where this is going (laughs) and uh basically you got a bunch of same losers complaining um and you got the youtube commenters yeah so this time it appears that angie treasure got permission to go after these people and she did and uh she roasted their sweet sorry asses in the instagram comments shout out to angie Uh, for that yeah that That was was, that was just chef kiss i mean yeah, it was fantastic. So we got we got like players in there like talking shit to fans. We got Angie from the Utah Jazz account going after him. It was great. So um, if you're bored and want to look through a bunch of that stuff, uh, yeah, it's it's and worth all it's, it's worth all just like the dumbest the dumbest comments of stuff like some fucking guy named Braxton from Riverton or some dumb shit butt fuck area. I don't know. <laughs> 
um, will be like, sports is my, sports is, it's my escape. And I don't know why it has to get all political because it's all about me. Yeah, you're going to have like a Jastlin, uh, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, whatever fucking name they're using now. Just be like, who's from like Orem or something like that. She's like, I can't like basketball now. Dude, that's the <sighs> craziest thing is that this is the most milquetoast shit ever. And these people still get so upset over nothing. Like, yeah, the, yeah, they're. If I see a single God. person in the street with a Joe Ingles equality jersey, I'm going to fucking lose it. Dude, I can't. I don't understand why this makes people so upset. They're not even at like, I. It's it's mind blowing. Like it's so it's so weird. Yeah, they're acting how like upset these losers get. Yeah, they're acting like Donovan Mitchell put like ballot or the bullet on his back of his jersey or something. Voter <laughs> die. Uh, instead of instead of a number, it's just a back graphic of uh of Malcolm X holding that AK forty seven behind the curtain. <laughs> Oh, man. I would buy By any means necessary on the back of the jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> By any means necessary. Holy shit. That would be so good. So, <laughs> good. so good. That oh. actually would be a good one. I would have loved to see who would have done that because you had like people like Spencer Dinwiddie being like, like you were trying to raise awareness about the national debt, wanting to do that on the back of his jersey. <laughs> Um, I, I will buy so bad. <laughs> I will buy the first militant black jersey. I'm, I'm saying that right now too. Just like, absolutely. Oh yeah, like whoever brings up like the Black Panthers or something like that in the back of their jersey, yes. like yes, yeah. All I absolutely. want in my life is a Marcus Smart A cab jersey. Dude, I don't even know. If, so I don't good. even know if that's what his politics are. I'm just gonna hold on to hope and live in my little fantasy world because if I can't. Live in a world where I don't have a Marcus Smart A cab jersey, my heart's gonna break. If there was an A cab jersey, I would go broke at the NBA shop. Yes, dude, absolutely. Okay, so I mean, speaking of guns and Utah, um, and just our incredible culture that we have here, uh, open carry state, baby. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's been a weird few weeks, uh, month, well, lifetime for the Trump family. Um, but specifically <laughs> it came out that Donald Trump Jr. has been hanging out with the Kingston clan. And if anyone knows about the Kingston clan, and, it's one of that's our not Jamaica either. Oh, that's yeah. not the no, Kingston clan. Not, Jamaica. not, not that. Kingston oh clan. no. So I'll take this one. Um, all right, Jordan, walk <laughs> us through. So Donald Trump Jr. Was in town. First of all, to fundraise for our boy, Owen, uh, <laughs> dude, all of, our, all, of, all of our guys getting uh, all of our guys getting the Donald Trump Jr. endorsement is so funny. Sean Reyes like touting that Trump Jr. endorsement was so good. It's, just imagine like Burgess Owen and Jose Reyes just like sitting on a porch together, mean, just drinking like warm glasses of milk. You mean talking about QAnon? Greg, you mean yeah. Sean Reyes? Because I don't think Sean Reyes ever played shortstop for the Mets. Oh, that's right. Sean Reyes. We were just talking life. baseball. Yeah, Sean Reyes. Sean Reyes. Uh, Roast me. Rapper as well. Somehow Fine. Jose no, Reyes it's, is the it's, worst it's person. Cool. But yeah. So anyway, uh, Donald Trump Jr. went shooting with this guy named Nick Young who runs this company called Desert Tech that's uh, also is pretty much has ties to the Davis County Cooperative Society, which is essentially a front for the Kingston clan, which is a polygamous cult in Utah. So, on top of just being a polygamous cult, they're also pretty much like organized crime. 
They're like Utah yeah. Lacosta Nostra. That's essentially all you can multiple say about multiple members of King of uh, the of uh, the uh, the Kingston clan have been in prison for a while now. Yeah, because they ran that gigantic uh, laundering money thing through the Wakashi uh, Wash. I never say it. Washiki. Washiki. Washiki renewable, renewable energies. energies. I remember seeing that before all the movies before <laughs> they got arrested. Yeah, and essentially that was just like a gigantic money laundering firm for the uh, for the Kingston clan. So. Great. And the building that Desert Tech is also owned by the Davis County Corruptive Society. But don't worry, there's no ties there because Jacob Kingston is only Nick Young's cousin. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. So, just to give a quick recap. There's so many layers to this. So, just to give a quick recap, the president's son shot rifles with a guy whose company is in the same building that was owned by a polygamous cult running a money laundering operation through a renewable energy company that also happens to be the guy's cousin. Ain't life fucking Hell yeah, dude. And that's uh, and that's Donald Trump Jr.'s boy. So this is the weirdest episode of Sons of Anarchy ever, dude. It's so so shitty. It's so they're so much uglier. Man, oh, this would be like that a con- really sucks. This would be like a convoluted plot to a Sons of Anarchy episode, though. Just it think really about you, dude. It's just that Jackson would be so the, good. It's just Jackson at the top of the table. It's like, okay, we're gonna get the guns to the to the Mayans, but what we gotta do is we gotta funnel it through the president's son, and also <laughs> through this renewable energy company that we also own for some reason. Dude, yes. So Washiki, um. It was before. It was before almost every single movie I would see at a Megaplex theater. There was a Washakie Renewable Energy commercial. Oh yes, I remember then, that. <laughs> yeah, they and then they that got canceled real quick when a bunch of them got put in prison, including Jacob Kingston, who was the CEO, right? And, Which, like, um, if if you're doing, if like the whole thing is a front why the fuck are you advertising in the first place dude i have no idea like, why are you really why are you bringing so much attention, attention to, to yourselves you giant dummies like i'm no i'm not really much of a criminal um but i would think that like keeping a low profile would be like rule number one well absolutely well they've learned their lesson i mean what's more like low profile than shooting guns with the president's son <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so so yes. So Donald Trump Jr. having a normal one. Um but speaking of our other favorite junior, another Utah boy. We're talking about John McNaught Jr. And you probably yes. haven't heard of this guy or his names or his name. You may have seen his incredible works of art. He's a bit of a bit of a modern day who's a famous painter who did that type of work. He's like he's like a real Michelangelo type. He's Thomas Kincaid. Paints. Yeah, he's Thomas Kincaid. If you read uh, 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 Mein Kampf, I mean that's the only Dude. way you could say it. <laughs> he he's that he's that Kevin Sorbo movie, The Reliant, but a painter. Oh. Like, that's like his really that's his thing, dude. Anyway, so <laughs> he he he's painted like this incredible incredible piece of art this week. Oh, and he released yes. and it has all of these these historical figures like bestowing a blessing upon our great, our great big boy, Donald Trump. Um, and this photo, or excuse me, this image, this painting includes people like Harriet Tubman, Frederick yes. Douglass, and Mar- Martin Luther King Jr. But also 
Robert E. Lee in this same painting. All of these incredible Americans who definitely weren't traitors, at least the one of them. Um, it also who, has a... It also has Andrew Breitbart in it too, which is amazing too. Because <laughs> that is, I, I can't even. Yeah, I. I you should I, imagine well, the conversations between Andrew Breitbart and fucking Martin Luther King Jr. I know. Yeah, they have a whole lot to talk about. Just horrific stuff. Like, what would Andrew By Breitbart say to Harriet Tubman? Like, <laughs> I have, dude. I can't even like. What would Martin Luther King Jr. think about putting being in a painting with Robert E. Lee? Like I don't understand any of this. Um, just, just <laughs> oh. incredible. And so, uh, John like- McNaughton tweeted that he was very happy that he was able to both paint and get the attention of uh, the the president, but also to quote trigger the libs or lefties or whatever he says, which is just <laughs> amazing. That he he's just he's just so great. So, Jordan, tell us about John. Okay, so I have spent the night rottening my brain by reading an ebook by John McDodd that I foolishly gave my email address to so I could get it. So <laughs> this is going to be a gift that's going to keep on giving. So John McNaughton is an artist from Utah, specifically Orem. Um, <laughs> I am proud to say dude, he- this is so funny. I'm just like thinking about all paintings you put in our Slack channel, dude. It's so good. I'm oh, so happy. It's a, it's 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 absolutely amazing. Um, I'm also proud to say I went to the same high school as John McNaughton. Um, Ooh, fellow alumnus. Yeah. Also, fun fact, his dad was my driver's ed teacher. Oh, shit. (laughs) So every time I see his paintings, I get to think, this guy's dad taught me how to parallel park. And then I just have like an existential crisis for like 10 minutes. It's it's always wonderful. So I went through his ebook and I was just like read his own biography and everything. And it's just the most insane things I've ever read in my life. So here's a little part I I found from that, which just completely just made me laugh for like five minutes. Silly. Um, Being the son (laughs) of a football coach brought its usual expectations. He was an anomaly. All John wanted to do was paint. He played football for his dad at Mountain View High School, but the mountains were so beautiful, he would often drift into an artistic dreamland to the frustration of his teachers. John saw the world as a beautiful and interesting place for an artist. His paintings have evolved like the GOP has. But it's it's just like... It's, oh, it's, 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 it's just imagining him like having an interview in the and the interview the interviewer is looking at him and says so what inspires you and he just says the world you know reading is to go from that to painting what he's ne- painting now is just incredible you, you know reading his ebook and how he writes about himself and how he writes about his paintings this is the dumbest motherfucker on the planet <laughs> <laughs> just Dude. Just like, okay, okay, Jordan. Tell us about some of the paintings you found because I know okay. there's incredible works of art in there. So art in there. the first one I saw, which was just the just the greatest one ever, is when he painted all the Mormon prophets dressed as Boy Scouts. Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, nothing weird about that. It's, it's it's there's nothing wrong with like having like Harold B. Lee and Joseph L. Smith looking like they're part of a lemon party dressed as scouts. That's oh, God. <laughs> dude, it is so weird. It is so weird. They it's it is so creepy. That one that one is so creepy. 
there's there's one I'm looking at right now um, <laughs> that has uh, Trump in front of the Capitol building in Washington D.C. on a motorcycle that's uh, clad in the American flag with Melania Trump um, sitting behind him holding his giant waist and and everyone is is cheering for him there's a little little black boy uh chasing the motorcycle holding an american flag um and and i'm just trying to think could you actually imagine donald trump handling and and steering a motorcycle dude that's kind of the thing. That's the thing I love about all these these paintings and how all these people see Donald Trump is that they just envision him being this like golden Greek god of just like blonde hair and beauty. And they just see like I want to I want to look at people the way that these people look at Trump. Like they just worship the ground he walks on. And you, like this John McNaughton guy's paintings, he he makes Trump just look incredible. I'm like. And then I see like Vic Berger's videos of Trump. Yeah. The perfect juxtaposition. Guys, did you see the picture of Trump with Brett Favre? I dude. Okay. So I did find out the weird, super weird neck was Photoshopped, but he still looked like shit. All right. That's fine about the, the, about the neck. That's fine too. I'm more concerned about like the pepperoni nips he has there. Yeah. yeah. He He had some, some sweat going. Um, oh man, that was brutal. Oh. Okay, tell tell us about <laughs> some okay. more of these incredible paintings. Oh yes, okay. So the next one is "Peace Is Coming," which is a bunch of soldiers kneeling in front of Jesus Christ. Which is um, all right. That's weird. That'd be fine if it wasn't like soldiers throughout history. Like I'm fairly certain, like the samurai guy and the Greek hoplite and the uh, and the Viking guy would be very confused at what was going on. It's like who the fuck's this guy? And yep. and some of the stuff he like also wrote about it is just the most insane shit ever. So here's an actual quote from what he was writing about the actual painting. I painted mortal enemies next to each other where I could, for example, the U.S. soldier and the Arab terrorist, the conquistador and the Native American, the Vietnam veteran and the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what he said? Yes, it's in the there. Vietnam veteran and the Chinese? Yeah. And oh, here's and also and the US pilot and the Japanese samurai. Who does he think? Yes. Does he think does he think our do you think does he think Pearl Harbor was attacked by samurais? Like does he honestly I'm I trying to think it I don't know. That's the crazy thing what about it. Fuck? Because like the samurai and like the US pilot are at least a couple centuries removed from each other. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like the he got samurai, so fucking mad when he watched Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Yeah, the samurai were pretty much vanquished in like the 1870s. Like there was no more after that. Like I don't know. Ex- I, they weren't around for flight. That's all I'm gonna say. I picture General Mattis and Genghis Khan. <laughs> what in the Didn't hell? Didn't you say? Anyway. Doesn't the painting have like a crusader in there as well? Yeah, it's got a crusader in there too, just like kneeling, kneeling in front of Christ. But which, like, oh, a crusader man. would like try to kill Jesus because he was Arab. Oh yeah, same thing with like the, <laughs> same thing with, like the conquistador too. Like they were not very big fans of like the Moors Boy. or anything like that. So 
anyone that looks like Jesus Christ would just essentially be a, a, a villain to them. And they would immediately try and kill him. Like, bar none. Especially, like, you also have, like, the Roman centurion kneeling there, too. Also fairly certain, not a big fan of Jesus. Uh, know that from, you know... basic study (laughs) but also just going back to like the vietnam veteran the chinese that's the craziest one of all too because that's just like a straight up like racist comment because he does he think that vietnam and china are the same i why would he i'm so perplexed (laughs) i kind of think so because in the real world you know where we all exist uh china did not fight in the vietnam war and as a matter of fact after we had left in vietnam china invaded vietnam so i am so blown away by that (laughs) oh it gets better man it just keeps getting better okay keep going (laughs) there's also a modern day u.s soldier there too which i guess is supposed to be the juxtaposition to the quote-unquote arab terrorist um which is essentially its own marine todd story and here's some more quotes from him when I was looking for a U.S. soldier model for my painting, I went to the Jose, Jose F. Valdez U.S. Army Reserve Center and asked whom they could recommend for my new painting. First of all, it was super weird. He's just like going to reserve centers, like trying to find models. That's like <laughs> if if that was me, I would just tell him to get the fuck away from me. But I love that. Um, uh. Cody was referred to me to help me. When the painting was finished, I learned that he had been decorated and suffered from his wounds. But the real surprise is when he shared what happened that day when a roadside bomb blew up under his convoy. He said he and his partner were pinned down and his friend was unconscious from the blast. When he thought all hope was lost, he offered this in his own words. An angel picked us up and laid us down away from the fire. Cody's commanding officer didn't want to hear about the angel story. So Cody was awarded the medals for saving his friend's life. It was touching for me to hear this story in light of the spiritual nature of the painting. So essentially this guy suffered just a massive concussion and then just like, then just like (laughs) imagined an angel showed up. Like that's all it is too. Like he suffered a traumatic brain injury. from. When you saw one footprint or set of footprints in the sand boys. Oh no, dude. And then there's the other one that we were sharing too, the the one he calls Via Dolorosa, which is the road that like Christ had to carry the cross for. And essentially it's just a Pete Buttigieg looking motherfucker just like (laughs) trying to help Jesus like carry the cross or something. And then you just see all these like historical figures. Like you see Marx and Stalin laughing at him. Lenin's yelling at him for some reason. Joan of Arc's crying. George Washington's hanging out with Osama for some reason. It's, It's a weird painting. Obama's just chilling in the back. Uh, like oh Napoleon's gosh, there for some dude. reason. I don't even know what like Napoleon would have, would have done there. It's like, oh, I, I'm okay with Jesus. I don't know what's going on here. And yeah, oh my god. Okay, and then that that morphed into the the Trump era. Oh obviously. yeah, the, the Trump era is one like because like during the Obama <laughs> era, it was like the standard bullshit you'd ever see too. It's just like. Yeah. Uh, the debt's too high. Uh, stand your ground. Uh, Ammon Bundy's a good guy. You know, just the standard like yep. cause of the week that they had too. But the Trump era just gets fully just sh- shove that bitch into eleven because this is amazing. <laughs> so the first one I love is the one where he's just holding a flag in a confused manner on the middle of a football field. Yes. Like, that one got that one was pretty popular on Twitter. Like he looks like he has no idea where he's at. He was just like clutching the American flag and it's like are 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 you my son? <laughs> and, Buddy, they don't even let me fuck. Trump just just <laughs> suffered his first concussion. 
And then there's the yeah. other one too, where he's like holding the magnifying glass on Robert Mueller, just like investigating him, but just like investigating oh. his face. It's like inspecting him for ticks. And and then there's another one too, where he's like teaching a man to fish, which Donald Trump has never gone fishing this life. No. I, I can't imagine. Even outside of steering him or, no. or dude, handling a motorcycle, talking, there's no oh way that God. dude is could ever, ever no go way. fishing. No. And he, the, the other day when Trump was, he does that obsessive bit where he talks about water pressure or whatever. But he was talking about doing dishes. The toilet. Talks about showers. Yes, he talks about toilets and showers. But he talked we about. Can't, we have to flush them fifteen times. He t- so he much said, water. He referred to the people who do the dishes. <laughs> That's what he said. He said the people who do the dishes. What? He just like never even. I wonder if he's ever made himself food. Do you think he's ever made like a sandwich? No, I don't. No, know. absolutely no. not. Oh my God. He never has. This was actually um, this was actually something that David Roth talked about on like on like a blocked party with uh with the that those guys in the podcast where they were just like talking about like he had a podcast that was dead that was like Deadspin's podcast with Drew Maggery and they were yeah. just like every week they get like a Trump question and I was be like do you think Donald Trump knows how to empty a dishwasher <laughs> just like as David Roth they, no one's better at, at the David Roth or at, at the Trump illustration than David Roth that he's man, so good that man has permanently damaged his brain for all of our <laughs> entertainment and I respect him for it too just the way that he can like just go in there like the boat is the great there's thousands upon thousands of we're doing very good just like no, he, he got that cadence down so well it's amazing but anyway yeah, so so oh, continue John McNaughton's like theme for this one is essentially just like showing Donald Trump doing things he could never do for himself and so like teaching a man the fish one too and my absolute favorite one where he's just running the football like he's Bo fucking Jackson <laughs> Dude, and, and like the defenders yes. are like and the defenders are like Democrats like you have like Nancy Pelosi and like Bernie Sanders oh, and, and like dude, Chuck Schumer. So bad. Yeah, Chuck Schumer's just getting like forearm shivered or something like that. It's not nah, well. This Chuck this Schumer's that, Chuck that, Schumer's that, Trump's lead blocker. Okay, <laughs> so this one that this one that Greg sent us um, is Trump leading a boat across a swamp, and there's like a bunch of people with guns. Is he wearing like an FBI? Hat? I don't know. It looks it's like a recreated version of like Washington crossing yeah. the Delaware. Yeah, it's like supposed to be that, but it's like like someone's holding the flag. But the, yeah, it's like let me let me look it up. All right, yeah, let's see here. The name of it is called Crossing the Swamp. There's a lot of these oh, people who are currently okay, distra- today Trump endeavors to cross the swamp of Washington D.C. as he carries the light of truth, hope, and prosperity. The murky water oh of the deep state is laced with dangerous vermin, perfectly willing to destroy American prosperity for their personal ideologies and financial gain. And my absolute favorite one about this is that there are specific people in this painting, um, <clears throat> like Sarah Huckabee Sanders and John Bolton. Who no longer have jobs in the Trump administration? Oh, there's there's Mattis Ouch. there too. Like half the people on this boat are like enemies of the republic now. Exactly. <laughs> oh Dude. man, the swamp got him, what guys. A- swamp got him. We lost a lot of oh. real good men out there. Wow. <laughs> so Utah Zone, John McNaughton Jr. Um, Dad taught me how to drive. Absolute GM. And uh, Jordan's fellow Mountain View High School alumnus. Let's go Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. 
That's incredible. I love I love this stuff. I love this guy's paintings. They're so incredible. I mean, it really gives helps me helps me really establish a visual image of what these people see in Donald Trump because it's just incredible. It's 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 just fascinating I, to me. I, I, As somebody who can listen to Donald Trump complain endlessly about everything and just whine and bitch having gotten everything he's ever wanted and is still so miserable and they still think of him like this. It's so great. I uh, love it. it. It's amazing they think of him as this like <laughs> ultimate macho man who somehow has like the strength of 20 men, but he's on television like talking about taking like a, a concussion protocol test. <laughs> Cognitive oh. test where he has to <laughs> remember five five words. Dude, it's last, so sad. <laughs> I will give John McNaughton credit in that his art is incredibly less horny than Ben Garrison's. Yeah, oh. it's way better. I like this way better than Ben Garrison's. John McNaughton oh. feels the spirit as he paints. Yeah, that, he that really explains does. the prophet's dress as scouts. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking weird. That's so weird. I encourage everyone to go look look at John McNaughton. He's he's it is it is amazing. Listen, give your email addresses to John McNaughton for his free (laughs) ebook, so you too can have your brain poisoned by his own personal story. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, man. I I will. I'll go give my email. More All to right, come yes. on more to come on this guy because yeah, we are we his biggest fans and we're if I, no I one really else is gonna support his art, I'm gonna I'm gonna refinance my home um I, and I'm gonna take the equity. I didn't even and I'm get gonna the, keep this guy afloat. I'm gonna buy all his artwork. I didn't even get yeah. to like half of the Obama era ones too, and those are even Dude, more insane. That's, yeah, that's what I was gonna say is like so much of my what's helping keeping me going these days is wondering what the world's going to look like in a Biden administration and what it's going to do to people's brains like this guy. And like what the amazing content we're going to see created because of, because of there's, there's all of this energy that needs to go somewhere. And I am very excited to see what happens with people like John McNaughton jr. When Trump eats shit this, this fall or if likely will. Kyle, I want to thank you for finally talking me into voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> Dude, that's the strongest case I can make for Joe Biden is think of the amazing content that's going to come out of uh, of the entire world because of that. It's just going to be great. It's it's going to be the it's the funniest outcome. Holy shit, guys! I just <sighs> that picture that you sent to Jordan of us uh, in our Slack group of the Constitution burning. Oh, I, yes. I just I just found the actual one, and it's a picture of Barack Obama oh setting God, the Constitution yes. on fire. And the name of the painting is "One Nation Under Socialism." Perfect, <laughs> dude. I wish. Oh my God! Oh, seriously, guys, if you want to brighten your day, we all know that shit sucks right now. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, Everything's gone to shit. There's a tsunami of evictions that are going to happen. All of that. Yeah, it's awful. Just spend like 15 minutes a day on johnmcnaughton.com. And I promise you, your outlook on life will be better. Yeah, just, Live, laugh, love. Yeah, just try and spend like 
two minutes like thinking about his mind palace and what goes on in there because <laughs> he really is dude he's he's bob he's so ross perfect. with like an info wars addiction no he's bob he really ross who got, like exposed like mk ultra very early oh. on. <laughs> All right. Well, go check out Gladio McNaughton Jr. and uh, you, uh, <laughs> we'll check in later. Any any parting words, my guys? Um, first of all, I can all I can say is I uh, somehow kind of got hypnotized tonight and bought three paintings. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know where I'm gonna have the space for those because I got like the full tapestry of them. So, um, Merry Christmas, boys! <laughs> no, amazing. In reality, though, it's just like we want to do kind of a fun episode because we realize like our last all of them have just been like just mindless <laughs> terrors. <laughs> so, yeah. we we focused on our beautiful boy, John McNaughton. So absolutely. So think of the good things and dwell on them for a little bit. Think of the good because uh, that's all we got at this point. Because shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Let's call it a night. One nation under socialism. Bye. Bye. C'est ainsi que tu me surnommes Tu crois bien sûr me connaître mieux que personne Marie-Cola, elle existe aussi, fais bien attention Je te l'aide et j'agis cent mille fois sur tous les temps Marie-Douceur